this episode, I'm circling back to talking more about productivity tools, apps, and platforms that I use. And yeah, we're going to focus in a little bit more on the productivity side of some of the platforms and softwares that I use. I'm looking forward to diving into that. My name is Luke Clayton, and welcome to the Must Increase Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. If you're new here, make sure that you're getting subscribed to our YouTube channel, that you're following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the different places you might be listening to podcasts. So in a previous episode, I had talked a little bit about automation tools, and I spent a lot of time going through those because I think for a lot of, uh, of, of, of really people in general, I, I, there's really not an industry or a job that I can think of, uh, whether it be something in the ministry, church, nonprofit world, or something in the business world, or especially for those who are entrepreneurs and solopreneurs like myself, uh, there's really not, again, a, a, a kind of industry there or, or, or category of work that I can't think of where you wouldn't benefit from automation. And so if you can dive and learn about those automated tools, again, go back, look up that episode where we talked more about the automation tools. Um, I think that would be really helpful. It's not like you have to have watched or seen or, or watched or listened to that episode uh, before this one. It's not like necessarily what I'm talking about in this episode builds on that. I just think it's a great place to start because if you could start to automate what you do, uh, it saves you so much time, money, energy. And so maybe go back to that, take a look at it. Uh, but today we're going to talk about a little bit more about actual uh, productivity, uh, going through some of the actual tools that I use uh, for communication, project management, uh, file management, things like that. So let's get started. Uh, the first one that I uh, really enjoy for project management and collaboration is a tool called ClickUp. Now ClickUp advertises itself uh, as the one app to replace them all. And this is very true in that it really seems like that is what they are endeavoring to do. They're very ambitious in what they've done here. Now, that it sounds really cool and they do have a lot of really cool features, but I will throw this massive kind of uh, maybe con or caveat or downfall uh, of ClickUp out there before I dive in is that ClickUp has so many different bells and whistles and features that it can often be overwhelming and distracting uh, if you actually try to use it. And so I always encourage people, if you are going to start using ClickUp, just you don't get distracted by all the different bells and whistles and features. Just focus in on the basics and maybe build it out from there. I will say there are features in ClickUp that I don't use and probably never will. Um, but uh, there's others that I love and it's what makes ClickUp um, it's what makes ClickUp so effective. And I, I think that's really how you got to look at not just this tool, but any tool, software or platform that you use. You may not be able to use every feature. It may not make sense, uh, but that's okay. Use what you can, use what makes sense for you. I gave up a long time ago on two things. First of all, trying to find the one app that would do everything. Even though ClickUp advertises that they're the one app to replace them all, I just not found that to be the case for ClickUp or any other platform out there. So just give up on finding that one tool that's going to do everything for you. It just, it just doesn't exist. The second thing is uh, don't, going back, circling back to what I was saying just a, a, a moment ago, 
don't feel like you have to use every feature that a platform or even some type of device offers. I can be the worst about this in particular when it comes to Apple's you know, latest updates they do to their phones, computers, their, their OS. Uh, I can wanna use every little feature out there, even if I enjoy it or not. You know, there's, there's a particular feature where whenever you're getting a call on your phone, it can, it can also notify you on your computer. I have ne and allow you to take the call on the computer. I have never once uh, really tried to use the ag and actually I have the times I've tried to take a phone uh, call on my computer. It usually is a disaster. Uh, it never works right. Um, but yet for some reason I've been stubborn and I just won't turn that feature off. Perhaps I should. Perhaps I should preach to myself here and actually go turn that feature off. Nonetheless, that illustrates my point of just because there's an available feature doesn't mean you have to use it. And likewise, you're not going to find one tool, one platform form, one, anything that's perfect, that does everything you want. It just doesn't exist. So you have to embrace that I'm going to be using multiple platforms, multiple tools and softwares for multiple reasons. And this is a good example of that. So I'm starting with ClickUp, but I actually use other productivity tools as well. ClickUp though is my main hub for all of my inter uh, team communication. Uh, I work with several different team members. I have uh, I have a virtual assistant. I have a a uh, sub subcontractors for design for video work, uh, video editing. Uh, shout out to Bo Snyder, the editor producer of this podcast. Uh, he is is one of those, and I have others that I work with. And so this is kind of the hub where I put all of the communication. We collaborate on things, and it's very effective uh, in that way. It allows you to create tasks, assign tasks comment on those tasks, attach files to it, add checklists, again, all kinds of features. You can add due dates um, and things like that. I like the different views that you can have in ClickUp. So for example, I can have a view that is one of the, what they call a, is it Kanban or Kanban? K-A-N-B-A-N. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's called a Kanban board or Kanban board, however you want to say it, uh, where it basically displays, I think Trello is a tool that made this popular, where it displays different tasks and different columns based on the progress of that particular task. So, you know, uh, or, or basically uh, uh, to do, doing and done is kind of the, the basis of that, of the, hey, this task is in progress. This basis is done. This one's not started yet. Um, and so it allows that view and click up, but you can also do views that are simple, just list view. You can do a calendar view that's based on like your deadline and timeline. Uh, there's a, even like a, a built-in chat tab that you can add, or you can just have like general chat conversation. Uh, it's a really uh, powerful platform tool. I've been using it for a long time now. I don't foresee myself completely steering away from it anytime soon. Though again, there are certain, I have embraced that there are certain things that's just not gonna do or not gonna do the way that I like it to. So I'm, I'm starting to venture out or I've started to just embrace that and use other tools for other purposes. But when it comes to uh, just overall collaboration and a general management of what I'm doing, that's uh, really what uh, ClickUp does well. I like ClickUp because I can go in every day and I do, and I can have literally a snapshot of just everything that's going on that is important to my important to, to what's going on in my business, all the ongoing tasks, uh, whether it be something for production, something for video design, podcast, uh, something in terms of web development, whatever it is, I can just kind of have that nice overview and I can see a, a, a dashboard, a progress, a progress report, if you will, on everything that's going on. 
So and, and then I can go in and I can communicate with my team about that if I need to as well, change due dates, all those different things. And so uh, I really like ClickUp. There's a lot more. Again, this is one of those. If you want to know more about it, uh, this is one of those. Let's schedule a time to talk about it, you know, just one-on-one. -on -one and I'll give you a, a I will gladly give you a tour uh, of, of ClickUp and, and how uh, I use it more in more detail. Uh, but yeah, ClickUp. And uh, they are they do have a free version. And their free tier, at least the last I checked, I've been paying for it for a long time. So I'm not exactly sure how it is now, but their free tier is pretty interesting how they do it. They basically offer you almost not every, but, but many of their features for free. However, you are limited on your storage and that it would have to do with your attachments. So you can attach certain documents, photos, uh, anything, with a paid account, there's no limit to how much storage you can have for attachments. With a free account, you're limited to like 500 megabytes, which goes really fast. Uh, and so uh, you'll very quickly, if you start to use it, you'll probably realize, oh, I, I do need to pay for it. But there are some paid features that are nice. One of the paid features that I use is actually ClickUp can integrate with your email. And so I can actually send emails directly from a ClickUp task uh, and, and then see replies. It is really nice for collaborating again. So if I have working on a design project, for example, send an email from ClickUp, any replies to that email from, you know, feedback from the, the client, it's going to come to that ClickUp task. And then my whole team can see that make changes accordingly. And so all that to say ClickUp, really powerful tool. I really recommend it. The next one that I already touched on is Trello. Part of my team is managed in Trello. So I actually am using both, uh, but I use Trello very little compared to ClickUp. Uh, it's just, uh, there's a, there, without going into detail, there's a reason that I have to use it for a certain type of team that I manage. Um, Trello is the biggest thing, difference between Trello and ClickUp is honestly uh, more feature in terms of ClickUp is more feature rich. Um, and I think ClickUp has more potential than Trello. Trello, you seem to find these limits pretty quickly what you can and cannot do. ClickUp just again, because they're just trying to do everything out there. It allows you to continually, you know, just, just find new things and discover new features. And so that's the biggest difference between Trello and ClickUp. Another one that I have used in the past, I'm not using it right now, is Asana. To me, again, it's been a while uh, since I've used it, but to me, of all of these platforms, Asana seemed to be the most limited. Uh, it seemed to be the one where you just couldn't do a lot. Uh, I mean, you could. You could do the basic task management, and maybe for probably, I don't know, four out of five people, it's probably great. But I don't know. You just seem really limited, and you're very limited in Asana and what you can do for free. If you want to access any of their, you know, what I consider to be their core productivity features, you have to pay. And it is one of the more pricey options out there uh, in terms of uh, these these type of platforms. So, uh, I, but, but I'm not, I haven't used Asana in a long time. I just thought I'd mention it because it is a popular one. So ClickUp, Trello, and then another one that I use personally is Todoist. Now, again, a lot of these platforms overlap. I mean, Todoist claims to be, uh, to in theory, you can do a lot of the same functionality in, in Todoist that ClickUp would do. Uh, you can collaborate, you can man, you know, have different users and assign tasks and set due dates and all of these things. I don't use ClickUp for any of that. In fact, or, or, or Todoist rather, I don't use Todoist for any of that. In fact, when it comes to Todoist, I am using, I'm probably only tapping into maybe 10% of its functionality because I like the, a couple things that it does uh, really well. First of all, I like how easy it is just to add a simple task to Todoist. If I just have something that I need to, hey, I need to remember to do that, I can pull out my phone. I think I can even do it on my watch. I don't really use the watch feature 
hardly ever, but I think I could do it from my watch if I wanted, but I could just pull out my phone, my iPad, whatever device is nearby, and I can just very simply add a new task to do. So I really like that about Todoist. And it's also very easy to say, remind me to do this tomorrow or in a week or whatever it may be. Again, I like the simplicity of that. And then here's probably what I like about Todoist the most. Todoist gives me the, the number one way, the, the way that I'm using it, is it is just a simply daily reminder of the things that I need to do every day or every week or every two days or whatever you know frequency I set up to repeat. So for example, I have to, every workday, I have to manage client accounts. I have to go in and see what projects we're working on, what requests we are fulfilling in terms of designs, podcast production, video production, whatever it may be. And I have to, I have to make sure I'm doing that. Now that seems like something that I should remember. And I pretty much always do, but I just have a simple recurring task in, uh, in, in Todoist every day that says manage accounts. Okay. So now I just know that I've got to do that every day. And there, I am surprised the days where, for whatever reason, it slipped my mind to do that. But when I have that daily reminder, I can go in and I can say, okay, yep, I went in. Then I go into ClickUp where I manage my accounts and I check everything and I make sure everything's on track to be done. Uh, maybe reach out to clients, contractors that I need to, to, you know, make sure things are, are done or, or get feedback from a client, whatever it may be. But Todoist reminds me to do that. And so well, that's what I like about Todoist is it has these daily reminders and weekly reminders. So every week it reminds me to make sure that uh, that podcast and YouTube content has been scheduled and that it's all going to go out on time. All the files are uploaded. All the descriptions are right. The titles are right. I mean, this is all stuff that typically is done weeks in advance, but it's just that weekly reminder to go in and check and make sure everything's there because there have been times where I'm like, Oh, for whatever reason, this podcast episode did not get scheduled to release on the right date or it has, uh, or it has a typo or something in the description or whatever. And so it's just a, a weekly reminder for me to do that. And so that's what I like about Todoist. It's really where I have my daily and weekly recurring tasks. And then occasionally those one-off tasks that I just need to remember to happen. It's there. And I'm just using the free version of Todoist. I don't foresee myself ever needing to pay for the more premium version. Because again, I'm not going to use the premium features. I'm using that and other tool or the using ClickUp mainly for those more advanced features. This is just a very simple to-do list that gives me recurring tasks, so I know what to do. Uh, then, uh, I, for now, when it comes to that, those are those are just kind of like I said, to-doist daily tasks. Here's what I'm doing every day, uh, or, or, or maybe just a one-off thing every week, whatever. Uh, but when it comes to actually managing my calendar and my schedule, I'm just using the default built-in Apple calendar on my Mac, on my iPad, on my phone. I'm just using the built-in Apple's calendar app for that. Uh, and that's where I can see all my schedule, which is mainly just if I have meetings or calls for the day. Um, I've experimented some with, with actually placing time blocks on my calendar. Um, I'm kind of to a point now where I know that those time blocks exist to do certain types of work, deep work, content development, um, you know, uh, request management, account management, uh, these different things. And so I don't necessarily have active time blocks there, but it mainly shows me, oh, here's the different uh, meetings, uh, appointments, calls that you have coming up. Uh, and I'm checking this obviously uh, every day. Um, now, when it comes to that's that's what I'm using for the interface. 
but I actually do use Google for my calendar. I, I'm, I use Google Workspace, uh, and I'm using, you know, that does my email, my calendar. I've got some Google Drive storage there. Uh, and so, but Google is my calendar. It's integrated in with my, you know, callback to the uh, automations uh, episode we did about this, where we talked about Calendly. My Google Calendar is integrated there. So whenever I get somebody scheduled in Calendly, it pushes it to Google Calendar, which then pushes it to Apple Calendar on all my devices. So I can see my meetings there. So I'm using Apple Calendar for that. Now, we talked about uh, Google Workspace, which again, I, Google Workspace is another one of those tools that has all kinds of features. I couldn't even get into them all because really the only, the main two that I use is calendar and email. Um, there's there's uh, a little bit that uh, I've done again with Google Drive and things like that. I'm really not using a lot more of the features other than that, um, but I am using it for email as far as, you know, so I can go to mail.google.com and I can actually log into my work email, my Luke at Must Increase inbox there on the browser. But I usually don't do that. I'm actually using Spark uh, as my email client of choice. Now, so again, my email is hosted at Google uh, and it's syncing up with Spark, but I use Spark for my email communication. Uh, and Spark is a really, it's really been, I, I've used over the years, I've used several different mail clients. This is called a mail client uh, because it's something that operates on your device uh, that syncs with a server. In this case, uh, it's syncing with the Google server to actually retrieve and send my email. Uh, but the, the client that I'm using is Spark. And I've used several of these clients over the years. I've used Apple's built-in mail. It's been a while since I used it and they have made some improvements, but I haven't used it in a while. I use something called Airmail for a while. I use something called Polymail for a while. Uh, what is another one that I really, Astromail, I used that one for a while. There was another one that I really liked that got shut down. Oh yeah, it was called, um, I think it was just called Mailbox. Actually, I really liked Mailbox, but uh, it got bought out and shut down. Uh, and so Spark though has been the one that I've been using now for several years. Um, and I really like Spark uh, for several reasons. Spark has a nice collaboration feature now, again, just like all these tools, there's a premium version of Spark, uh, but there's also a free version. For me, Spark, the free version, has been more than uh, enough for what I'm using for. But I like the collaboration feature. So uh, mainly it's me and my assistant. We can have, we have a, um, we have the, she has her own inbox. I have my own inbox. But uh, whenever we are, uh, are on the same email thread, um, you know, for example, we email somebody and, and I CC my assistant on it. Well, now that also creates a connection in Spark where we can actually have private internal conversations in a comment section. So I can actually comment on my assistant where normally you would send them forward the email to your assistant, um, forward the email from the, out, the person from the outside, you'd forward it to your assistant and you'd say, hey, look into this for me, whatever. And then it creates all this FWD, uh, you know, RE in your, you know, your, your, your subject line just gets really, really jumbled up there. And it just requires a little bit more confusion back and so instead of all that, now I can just bring my assistant in on a, on a, cause she's using Spark as well. And I can comment and I can say, Hey, take a look at this for me. Uh, or whatever. We can have private conversations about clients. We could say, we could say mean things about you clients out there. Oh, this guy's an idiot, whatever. Uh, no, we're not doing that. Calm down. Um, but, uh, but you know, we can, we can have those private conversations, uh, and, and, and comments and, and it's much more efficient. So that's a really nice feature that they've actually added. I say recently in the past few years, uh, but the main reason that I got onto Spark 
because I love having the snooze feature of, of emails. Now this is built into a lot of stuff now. I think it's built right into Gmail now. Uh, I think it's built into, into mail, the actual mail app on uh, iPhone and, and Mac. Um, but there's basically the ability to take an email in your inbox that you don't need to deal with right now and you can snooze it to come back to your inbox later. I use this every day uh, because there are so many emails where it's like, I don't need to deal with that until next week. You know, this is, this is a response, you know, a lot of times here's the most practical uh, use of it is a client who has emailed me about a project. Hey, I need a design. Cool. Great. Uh, it's going to take me about a week to do that. So let me swipe and snooze that to next week. Then when next week rolls around, that email shows back up in my inbox. And by then, hey, I'm done or almost done uh, with the project. If I am done, I take it and I, I, I send them a link to it or, or attach the, 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 the file uh, for their feedback. Say, hey, here it is. Or, hey, we're not quite done yet, so I'm just going to swipe it. Give me one more day. Snooze it to the next day and I'll take care of it the next day. I can snooze emails as much as I want. So I really like that feature. S a similar feature is one called Remind uh, where, where you can remind later. So, for example... If I want to uh, send somebody an email that really needs a response, um, I can I can type up my email. I can say, ask my question, whatever I need to. Then I can tell Spark to remind me about this email next week or tomorrow or later this week or later today. Uh, and so what happens is I send that email. It it's gone. It's out of my inbox. And then what's going to happen is whenever I set up that reminder, let's say a week later, it's going to show back up in my inbox and it's going to say. Hey, if it's going to show up if I haven't gotten a reply. So it's going to show up. It's going to be there. And I'm like, oh, this person hasn't replied yet. So I'll send a follow-up. So I really like these features of Spark that allow us to do that. I also like it does integrate with some, uh, some uh, other tools. It can integrate with Todoist. It can integrate with Trello. I don't really use those integrations a lot. I don't find a need to. I've experimented with it here and there. Spark has a built-in calendar client. So I was talking about Apple Calendar. I like having my calendar and email in separate clients. I just like it that way. But it does have a built-in calendar uh, client as well. Um, you know, and, and so these are just some, some highlight features of, of what it does. Uh, I, I, but another one that I cannot forget to say, because I use this all the time and I'm, I'm just giving away so many of my dirty secrets right now, is the send later feature. So there are many times where I'm replying to an email, maybe towards the end of the day. And you know what? Some of you out there are email ninjas. You know, I send you an email and it might as well be a text message because you're getting back to me in like two seconds. And that's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, but a lot of those people, not, not saying any names, love you all. A lot of those people, they're also the kind though, that they're like, well, if I replied to you that quick, I kind of expect you to get back to me by the end of the day. Well, if it's already kind of getting close to the end of the day for me, let's say it's four o'clock. Okay. Well, the end of the work day is five o'clock. You know, that, that's pretty standard. Nine to five, Dolly Parton, shout out. Uh, so let's say that we are uh, getting to the, the, the end of the workday there. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to send this email, but I, I just don't want that expectation to be there. You know, if I send it at four and they get back to me at, you know, 4.15 and they're kind of like, hey, it took me 15 minutes to get back to you. Why don't you get back to me by five? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to run in that situation. So you, what do I do? Here's the secret. Here's the dirty secret, y'all. I can't believe I'm sharing this. I type up my email at four, but, but I go to the send later feature and I schedule that email to send in the morning. And so then what happens? My email, I'm replied. I've replied to you in a decent time frame. And by the way, people, 
Email is not instant messaging. Email is not text messaging. It is not for chatting in that way. Uh, it is it is it is designed to be what they call an asynchronous form of communication, meaning that it does not require a live instantaneous response. Okay, so I've replied to you in plenty of time to follow all the email rules, but you're not receiving it until the next morning. Therefore, if you decide to get back to me super quick, great. I've just started my workday. When I check my email that morning, I'll see it and I'll be able to respond accordingly. I'm kind of hesitating if I should publish this episode, sharing this dirty little secret of mine, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. But that, that is, is one of my favorite features of Spark, is the ability to send an email later. Because even in other applications, such as this is something that I need to remind somebody about in a week. Well, I can just schedule an email to send in a week uh, to remind them then. So I really like that. So for communication using Spark, I do use messages as in iMessages on my phone, my computer. I do have it connected to all my different devices, my iPads, all that stuff. Uh, however, I do use that strictly for personal use. Uh, I don't um, I don't give out my personal number uh, to a lot of people. I have a work number that I give out and that number I gladly give out is 615-900-4461. That's 615-900-4461. But that number, as you may have discovered if you've ever tried to call it, is I, I don't take calls at that number. I take texts. So you can text me at that number and I would love for you to. Uh, and what happens with that? That's a Google voice number. So here's another little dirty secret. Uh, that's a Google voice number. So what happens is it's connected to my, my Google Gmail account. So I guess I'm using that feature of Google Workspace as well. And then what it does is it takes your text message and it sends it to me as an email. And then I can reply directly from my email. Uh, so I can reply to text as if they were emails. So there's another little hack. When it comes to iMessage though, uh, the actual, you know, uh, blue messages uh, as and my personal, uh, that it's strictly personal. Uh, I use it just to communicate with friends and family. I don't really do a lot of professional. I keep all that in my inbox. And there is something beautiful about com compartmentalizing things digitally like that, having a, a kind of personal uh, outlet, if you will, for communication, but as well as a professional one in, in terms of like my email inbox is work. I mean, I have personal email, but I have, it's mostly work. And of course my, my messages, that's a personal inbox for again, friends, family, so forth. So I'm using messages. Now I'm using Loom. I love Loom. I'm recording this actual episode using Loom. Now Loom is more commonly used, and this is what I commonly use it for as well, is screen recording. So uh, what I would be able to do, and I'm already, I, I'm not able to do this uh, because of the setup right now, but I often use this to make quick screen recordings of how to do something or showing somebody something. For example, uh, many times when somebody says, hey, I need you to update my website. Well, we give uh, pretty much all of our website clients, we give you the ability to make those changes as well. Uh, but you know, we can understand that there's a bit of a learning curve and understanding how to do that. So if you say, Hey, update my website for me. Cool. Very often what I'll do is I'll go in and I'll make the update while I'm doing it though. I will use loom to record my screen and walk you through how to make that update yourself so that in the future you don't have to wait on me. You can go in and do it yourself if you'd like. Uh, and so that's just one application or, or illustration rather of an application for Loom. Loom has been a game changer for me. I use it for so much stuff. I use it to train people. I use it to train team members on how to do certain things, do perform certain tasks, um, manage certain projects, things like that. Use it all the time. It is a game changer. And like I said, uh, it does integrate directly with my studio system here. So I'm able to capture my, this episode I'm capturing directly into Loom because here's another thing, another nice little feature that they have in Loom. It transcribes all of the videos you record to it automatically. So what it's going to do 
And what it's doing right now is it's recording, but it's uploading it to Loom's server in real time. And so what's going to happen is as it's uh, once it gets there, it's going to process it and it's going to do a few different things. First, it's going to generate a transcript, a fairly accurate transcript, though I will say a while ago I recorded a, 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 a how-to video, as I was saying, and uh, Loom thought that I said uh, to the client I was talking to, uh, that, uh, I forgot you were dumb. That's not what I said. So I did not call my client dumb. So luckily though, I can go into the transcript and I can correct that. Uh, I can correct that transcript as well. So I did that, uh, but it transcribes it automatically and a new feature they've started doing. It uses AI to automatically generate a potentially compelling headline for the video, as well as give me a short description and summary of the video. So what's going to happen when I upload this episode is it's going to automatically uh, uh, generate an idea of what I could maybe use as a show notes or video description for this episode. And, um, and it's recording it in high definition, capturing it in high definition. It's recap it's capturing the audio, uh, from my, uh, my, my, my good professional mic here and my professional camera. Uh, so probably very few people would use that capacity to, to, to capture high quality video like that. But all this to say, it's a really fantastic tool. Now there's another alternative out there that I've experimented with using, and I do actually use for certain applications and it's called Dropbox Capture. It's made by Dropbox. I'm a big Dropbox user, have not gotten there yet, but I am a big Dropbox user. Uh, and, um, you know, the thing about Dropbox Capture is it allows you to similarly capture video content, capture your screen. It also does a little bit more with capturing your, um, uh, your, uh, uh you can do with screenshots. It kind of automatically captures them and gives you a nice shareable link. I like that. Um, and so I have been using Dropbox Capture for certain things as well, but I don't think that they're going to dethrone loom at least for me anytime soon loom.com can't recommend it enough again just like with everything has a free version i'm using the paid version but actually you may be pretty happy with the the, the paid version uh now it's not going to let you capture you know full-length episodes like what i'm doing here because with the free version of loom you're limited to five minute recordings and i believe you can have no more than 25 different uh loom videos at a time in your account uh, but for many of you out there it it uh, it might be more than enough and, and i encourage every client that i work with for visual work so design websites anything like that i always encourage them Download Loom, go to loom.com, download it, get it set up because it makes communicating about changes to design so much more efficient. You can just record your screen. You can pull it up. You can say, Hey, I like this, but I don't like this. Change this to be this. It's so much easier than trying to type everything up in emails. So loom.com, big fan. So speaking of, of things that rhyme with Loom, uh, I also use Zoom for all of my actual uh, meetings and work calls. If you schedule a call with me, you are scheduling a Zoom call. It's going to generate a Zoom link. That's a nice thing about Calendly. Again, another callback to Calendly. It integrates in with Zoom. And so whenever somebody schedules a meeting, it automatically generates a unique Zoom link for that meeting. Uh, and that's where I do everything. And the nice thing about Zoom, if you ever talk to me on Zoom, um, not every time, but nine out of 10 times, you actually talk to me right here in this very studio setup. Uh, again, once again, I have my professional camera, professional microphone uh, wired right into work with Zoom. Uh, and so I'm able to, to take these, these calls in this, this very kind of professional environment. Uh, it's really great, but I do love Zoom. Uh, again, free version. 
uh, is actually really good. I think you're limited to 40, 45 minute meetings in the free version and you can only have a certain amount of people or whatever. I do use the paid version because I have to exceed those limits so many times, but you can actually do quite a bit with Zoom for free. Everybody knows about Zoom. Now I have been exploring the possibility of utilizing Microsoft Teams a little bit. Um, maybe in the future, I just haven't done much with it yet at time of recording this, uh, but I do use Zoom. So when it comes to communication, uh, you can very much expect for me uh, to either send you a Loom or send you a link to Calendly, Calendly rather, to schedule a Zoom. So Loom and Zoom, they are two wonderful tools. Last little productivity tool, I, tools I will touch on is cloud storage. I won't spend a ton of time here. But uh, I basically use two cloud storage solutions. I use Dropbox. I've already mentioned Dropbox. I use Dropbox uh, for my, my, uh, my work files. And I use iCloud Drive for my personal files on Dropbox. You can't, I mean, really, there's hardly anything you can do nowadays with Dropbox for free. They have a free account. I think it still gives you only two gigs for free. Uh, so upload one video and you're done. Um, but uh, yeah, so Dropbox, I, I'm paying for, I think, three terabytes of cloud storage through Dropbox. Uh, I have hit that limit before. So I also have to, from time to time, offload stuff out of my Dropbox, go through and purge it. Um, but I have not found the need to fully, usually there's so many files that I'm like, oh yeah, I can just get rid of that or I don't need that anymore. So I haven't found a need to uh, upgrade my storage on Dropbox yet. Um, but then there's iCloud Drive. Uh, iCloud Drive I have through Apple One, which is Apple's bundle of their subscriptions. So I get Apple TV, Apple Music, uh, Apple you know, Fitness, all their little subscription apps I get for one flat rate. And that includes, I believe, four terabytes of iCloud Drive storage. So all my personal files are stored there while all my work files are stored in Dropbox. The thing I love about Dropbox in particular, I, I am the biggest fan of Dropbox. I love how I can upload a file. I use Dropbox, uh, Dropbox Capture, as I mentioned, but I also use Dropbox uh, Transfer uh, to share files um, that maybe aren't even stored in Dropbox. I can just create a temporary kind of a transfer, send files over. Uh, that's, that's a really great feature. And then I can even, if a file's already uploaded to Dropbox, I can just go right click, copy Dropbox link, and I can send that uh, to anyone. In fact, if you've ever emailed with me, uh, probably four out of five times, I'm not sending attachments, I'm sending links to Dropbox. That's just how I roll. So uh, I do love Dropbox for cloud storage um, there, but iCloud Drive has been good for, again, I, I just like having my digital compartmentalization there of personal files. Uh, and that personal files also includes like my photos. So iCloud Drive is automatically syncing all my photos from my phone, uh, backing them up, um, all of that good stuff as well. So uh, I do like that digital compartmentalization, Dropbox for work, iCloud for personal, because here's what's nice too. Sometimes uh, I may have to share my Dropbox login with maybe a, a team member if we're doing a lot of collaboration work. Uh, and because I know that it's strictly uh, professional documents. I don't have to worry about them stumbling across maybe personal financial data or anything like that, um, or any more of those dirty little secrets that I haven't shared yet on this podcast. Um, it's, uh, but, but yeah, it's all there in the Dropbox, you know, professional, you know, I know it's, Hey, it's all work stuff. Uh, and so that's, that's what I like about keeping everything kind of separate there. I think that's a good thing there. So yeah, that kind of is, uh, another concludes another, uh, kind of uh, category of talking about productivity, communication, task management. Um, and so again, I really love talking about all this. I hope it's really enjoyable, but I know that uh, I'm really, again, this is just, I'm just, I'm barely scraping the surface here. So if there's any of you that would like to talk more about any of these in detail, I would love to uh, maybe make you a quick loom 
that walks you through specifically how I use something, or maybe it makes more sense for us to hop on a Zoom call, share screens, and I can show you something, and I would love to do that. Uh, and so uh, let's. Uh, so again, you can you can uh, you can send a text to uh, to my business number six one five nine zero zero four four six one. That's six one five nine hundred. 4461. We can set up a call there, or you can shoot me an email, luke at mustincrease.com. Drop a comment on YouTube. I don't know. Somehow, there's different ways to reach me. I would love to hear from you and maybe schedule a time to talk to you uh, completely free. No charge for that. I just love talking about this stuff. And if I can make you more productive, save you some time, save you some energy, take some time that you are investing into your work and put that back maybe into your family, into your personal life, man, that's that's rewarding for me. So I would really love to do that. Well, thanks again for joining me for this, for this episode. Hope you subscribe to YouTube, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And I look forward to having you join us next time as we continue to increase truth and inspire hope right here on the Must Increase Podcast. 